belong to you, God. Abba, Father, we belong to you. Don't you ever forget that you are his, that we are not of ourselves, but we are his. Before you're seated this morning, I want to um, give you my passage and then a couple announcements. Passage is kind of long, but hang in there with me. It's in the Gospel of John, and we're going to be going into a series this fall over the Apostle John, four weeks on the Apostle John. And this is actually a passage I've preached before, but today I'm pulling out a different nugget from it. You know, you can read the same word multiple times and get different things from it because it's alive. It is the word of God. My words are spirit and their life and so forth. So it's not like reading um, a TED Talk or listening to a TED Talk. or It's not like reading your favorite fiction book. It's the living word of God, and there's a difference. It transcends time forever. It's forever. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 11. When you have it, say amen. When you have it, smack your neighbor. When you have it, be careful. She smacks hard. Cameron. I forgot Michelle was over there. She's got a violent right hand. Anyway, verse 1 through 11. I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. This is Jesus speaking. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. That's good right there. If you want to grow, you got to be pruned sometimes. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Everybody say, much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he has cast out, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. To abide in my love, he says, you must keep my commandments. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You see, everything Jesus is saying here, he says, I have done this, you are to mirror what I have done. Remember, Christ is our example. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy, everybody say, my joy may remain in you and that your joy, everybody say, your joy may be full. As you see this morning, look to your neighbor and say, I pray your joy gets full. I pray your joy gets full we're so glad to be in God's house wherever it may be 
But as of right now, in two weeks, we will be back at the Regal Theater at 900 Caledonia Drive, O'Fallon, Missouri. Sorry, my two daughters were wrestling behind the camera. It's all right, Clell. Dad, dad life. Hashtag dad life. Anyway, we'll be back at the theater in two weeks, and that could change, but I'm believing this is the real deal. I'm believing this is God's timing, and I'm going on the record saying that I believe we're going to meet the 23rd. I feel it in my spirit, and I could be wrong, but I really believe it. So we're excited for that, and I got a huge announcement. This is huge. This might be the first ever in the history of American churches. So I called up Mattel, you know, the toy company. I called up Mattel and I said, we want to be different. We want to be unique as one seed church. Can we have our own Barbie, our own Barbie doll, you know, like a one seed Barbie? Like, wouldn't that be cool? You know, and it would totally make sense, right? Because, you know, Barbie really represents the American people so realistically, you know, we thought, can we get more superficial? Okay, let's go find a Barbie. So I talked to Mattel. I said, can we get a one seed branded Barbie doll that we can use for our marketing? And they said, you know what? They said, God put it on our hearts to give you a one seed Barbie doll. So if it's okay with you today, we'd like to share our prototype of the new one seed Barbie doll. And you can share it with all your friends on social media. <clears throat> Barbie, please don't trip on the camera. Come on, baby. So here comes the Barbie. Come on. Please hold. So, come on, grab daddy. This is, this is the new one seed Barbie by Mattel. Comes equipped thoroughly with band-aids or bandages. Can we say band-aid? Bandages, skinny pants, and OS in the house, t-shirts, and optional bow for an additional $50 per doll if you want the bow. So we just wanted to show you the new Barbie doll. Isn't that great? You're like, you're like something's going wrong with this pastor. He's starting to hallucinate. No, this is my actual, my daughter. It's not a Barbie. She's my Barbie doll. This is my other daughter, Kales. And she says someday she's going to worship with her sister and Nolani, her sister in the Lord. And she says... She says, when I'm big enough, and me and Nolani were talking this morning, and we said when she's tall enough to ride the bumper cars or drive the go-karts by herself, she's ready to go into the worship team that we're going to put a three-foot line <laughs> on the wall at the church. And if your head clears it, you may audition. And don't worry, it's strict. You might get cut, but I'm your dad, so I'll see what I can do. Anyway, all that to say, we match today. Isn't she, isn't she beautiful? Isn't she a Barbie doll? Smile, baby. can go get out of here anyway the real me comes out kicking them in the tushy just kidding so back to the message all that was just to show that we matched I know but it was cute and it was cute so this morning I was I, so I make coffee everybody makes coffee in the morning it's the American way right except some people who drink like energy drinks cold drinks it's not the same when we ask for coffee we want hot coffee okay we don't like these frappas or whatever that's the new thing maybe i just need to try it i'd probably like it and then i'd probably be preaching different but so so does anybody ever have this problem if you're not on a keurig like little pod machine you're on like traditional and this is a problem and it just can wreck your day if you let it you know you put 
you put the coffee in, you make the coffee, and then you're waiting, right? Because you want to like kind of get on with it, but you're waiting for the whole pot to brew. See, my dad always said, you got to make at least four cups for it to taste right, even though you only want one cup. So I started believing this theory that you got to waste three cups to get one good cup. So I make four to six cups every, every morning, and I drink about two of the cups. And long story short, I'm ready to go and get my coffee before the thing is finished. So over time, the technology has really improved that it's supposed to stop the drip when you pull the, the pot out. You down with the drip? Not that kind of drip. We're talking about the coffee pot. You pull the pot out and it's supposed to keep from dripping on the burner. And, and so what happens is when you first get that thing, it's great. You can like whip it out. Un, un, no warning to the coffee maker that you're going to pull that pot out and the drip stops. No drip. No burning up. Because what happens is you drip on the burner and then you put your pot on the burner and now it's to the bottom of your pot. Now you got an awful burn stain on the bottom of your pot and it just wrecks your day and then it stinks and then it can cause your coffee to get bitter and all these things. So that happened to me a few weeks ago. My pot that I only had for like a year started leaking because over time it starts leaking and the dripping starts wearing you out and all of a sudden you got hot coffee all over your hands. And so I said, I know, I can't, I'm too good for this. This is ruining my joy. This is taking away my happiness. So I'm going to order a new one on Amazon, of course. So I get like the best one they've got. I've got like a stainless steel carafe, you know, stays warmer longer. Nalani's like, I don't even like hot coffee. Why are you looking at me? It's because you're the only person in the room. So, 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 so it's got the, it's got the hot coffee and, and, and the new one, I'm like, okay, it's not going to drip anymore. Right. And so after about three uses, this thing starts dripping on me again. It's down with the coffee drip and I don't like it because I'm, the pot's not ready, but I got to go up to my office and I don't want to wait the extra two or three minutes for that thing to, be, to beep and stop dripping. So all this to say that it broke too. Okay. So it starts dripping on the burner also. And so I'm thinking, now I'm just straight up mad. Like, it's so new. I'm still in the return window from Amazon. That's how new it is that this thing's already dripping on my, my burner. And I had just replaced one that was dripping on the burner. And it's just like those little things. Is anybody else like this? That just a little thing, it just kind of sets you down the wrong path to start out your day. And before you know it, you're griping like, oh, man, this is piece of piece of junk we don't say curse words we would never do that as god's children but but you know what i'm saying we just think it but you know what i'm saying so like that's how you start your day and now your day is going down this path of ungratefulness bitterness no pun intended and you're no longer in a good mood so i've often thought different things in life like this would bring me satisfaction but time after time, as I get the new things, satisfaction no longer is there. It lingers. It's like I'm taking a drink, but never getting my thirst quenched. It's like I'm feeding my soul crackers, but it keeps carving, craving, I can't speak today, a steak. We're trying to, to keep acquiring getting new things to fix it for a minute. You can fix it for a minute, but it never stays quenched and you never stay full. And before you know it, the new coffee pot is dripping anyway, and it's now getting the same abusive language in the morning that the old pot was getting. So why is joy, we talk about joy in the church, it sounds good, but why in the reality of it is joy so hard to keep at the forefront of our mindset in everything we do? 
Why is joy a nice buzzword in church, but on Monday, it can feel distant, not sustainable, and mediocre at best. Yeah, I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Huh? Down in my heart. Like, you know, you can sing it on Sunday and it's cool, but on Mondays you're like, I don't want to sing. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning. If I asked you what it is you want in your life to find joy, you'd probably all say very similar things. A good job, family, financially stable, ultimately summarized as happiness. But what if happiness is not by way of the roads we have been paved in, that has been paved into us by the culture, but rather those things might actually even be distracting us from remembering the simplicity of God's joy in our lives. Those things that we're chasing sometimes can even distract us from where the real joy is. As I give you the, my title this morning, look to your neighbor, tell them, this is the happiness problem. This is the happiness problem. My supply, as the word of God has said, comes from the vine. My supply comes from the vine. In the problem I faced as a man, as a boy, and I see it in my children, and in my family, and in my friends, and in this culture, is that we're taught to create liability to find joy. And it's just the opposite, because liability is what outweighs us. Liability is like a hazard. It's like a weight, and it starts to weigh you down. And we're taught that if we make enough money, we can go buy enough things and find joy. But the reality is the more you acquire, the more accountability and responsibility you have, and they become liabilities, weights, burdens. We search for things that weigh us down. Instead of lightening the load, they create weight. Things like our perception, our perception of happy things by spending a bunch of money. Like, ooh, loans are good right now. Let's go take a loan. Do we need a loan? No. Do we need a new thing? No. But if we take a loan right now because of corona, the rates are really good. By the way, it's a great time to refinance. I do highly recommend it, especially if you're on a 30-year. You want to go to a 15-year, get your 2-point-something percent rate right now. It's the lowest in history. I'm just throwing that out there, and I'm not even a real estate person. I'm just saying Save yourself some money in that case. But when it's coming to material things, our perception is if we, if we get more, we'll be able to sustain and have more joy. But sometimes actually the opposite happens because you're trying to hold on to more liabilities, more risks, more debt. It's often linked to financial. I mean, we are living in a world that thrives off of money because without money, we can't do anything. It's not, it's not that we love money. It's that... We need money to pay our bills. We need money to drive our car. We need money to buy our food. We need these things, but sometimes we can go so far off the other end of the spectrum that we create a financial liability. Not only do we have a perspective that has, a, has, um, has the liability uh, perspective, I call it, where we see everything that's going to hurt us as opportunity to make us happy for a minute, but now we're talking about maybe it's a financial liability and that if we just keep spending more, eventually the reality is we work ourselves into financial prison. We look free on the surface, but we're in chains on the inside. The only way to really be free on the inside is to get rid of the chains that are actually 
holding you down, and that's another liability and often one that cripples the American people. I can speak to that because, I, I, you know, I've, I've done it. We're taught to live behind, beyond our means, that if we go get the nicest of that, we can live better. And for a minute, it'll look good on social media, and it'll get a lot of likes because people think we're special, more special than them, but they don't know that the reality is we're actually so low in the pit that we're doing it just to try to sustain something that was meant to get a stake. We're just trying to keep feeding crackers to it. It's not sustaining. It's not sustaining. Maybe your liability is not a financial one. Maybe it's an obligatory. Is that the right way to say it? My grammar is not so good. I'm working on it. My obligations or my liability, that I'm so generous, I can never say no. I know people that they can't say no. They could be run ragged by everyone they know and because they really want to be like a helper. They're like the helper personality type. You know, you got like the alpha type. They're like, they're like dominant. And then you got like the helper type. They're there to just do whatever you need. They want to help people, but they often get taken advantage of because they, they weigh themselves down with so much obligation because they can't just say no. But you have to say no sometimes to grow. You have to say no to people sometimes to grow. You have to keep that balance. Hey, can you, you got a truck. Can you help, help me move this weekend? Oh, sure. Hey, hey, uh, can you come pick me up? Hey, can you loan me 20 bucks? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you watch my kids? Hey, can, you, can my kids stay with you like forever? Can, can my kids, can, can, can you just take care? Can you do everything for me? And can you, can you okay, well, I love them. And if I, if I, if I don't say yes, but what you're doing is you're working yourself into a liability hazard from finding happiness. It's another way to create the happiness problem. Maybe your liability concern is a relational one. It's not so much saying yes, but it's just the way you in general yield to other people that you never, you never take an opportunity because you're letting somebody else take it. You're always last in line. You always let them go first. And that's a great trait. You're always last because you never take a chance to grow yourself. It's just relational. You put everybody before yourself. And this is kind of like related to the obligation one. They're, they're connected, but at some point you have to supply yourself or you're not really supplying others. You'll both dry up. And that creates the happiness problem. See, it's like we're rooting trees with all these approaches to finding joy, but the, the roots are drying up. Jesus says, I am the vine, I am the true vine. So sometimes we're like planting our own vines with our own seeds, like one seed. See, our seed with the church is the seed of Christ. It has to be the root, but the church dry up. But as long as the church is rooted in Christ, the one seed that turned the world upside down, the root will sustain because he's the true vine. Maybe some of us can't, find happiness in general because it's always dependent on somebody else. But somebody else is not in charge of your happiness. No matter how good they are to you, I mean, I have a pretty amazing family, but if I still want to be miserable, I can make myself miserable. I have about as great of children, I think, that they are, that there is. I think they're like the best there is. I mean, they're not perfect. I have the best wife there is. I mean, that's just a fact. If you want to challenge me on that, because I said so. That's why she's the best. But they're not in charge of my happiness, and I can choose 
to be mad about the coffee pot, even though I'm having the best life right now. I'm living the best life, and I'm missing it because I'm mad at the coffee pot. You see, so we can't let our happiness be based on someone else. That's another liability. And all these liabilities, what they do is they outweigh us. They outweigh our, we're like a, like a seesaw or like, you know, like a pen, was it a pen, not a pendulum. What's the thing with the two, the, the old way they used to measure stuff, you know, and you put it in, in the balancer and it balanced kind of like a seesaw. And what happens is the liability gets so heavy that you no longer can hold down your end of the, the bargain, your end of life. The joyful side that you once had is the roots are ripping right from the foundation. But I want to remind you this morning that if you're experiencing the happiness problem, tell yourself, my supply comes from the vine. My supply comes from the vine, and the vine is not mine. The vine is not my seeds that have been planted. The vine, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Keep my commandments. I am the supply, the provision. It's his. All we have is his. It's, the vine is not mine. It's his. He is the vine. We are the branches. Remember, if the, brand, the branch is not fed by the vine, what did the scripture, what did Jesus say it would do? It would wither and be thrown away because it has no life. Your joy may be full when you're connected to the vine. This is about joy. That's why this passage spoke to me differently than when I preached it in 2018 or so. Because joy is connected to your supply. And so if your supply is not from the vine of heaven, Christ, your supply will run dry, so your joy will run dry. So we keep trying to supplement like a nice organic mushroom supplement. We try to supplement our spiritual life with material liabilities, material things, comfort foods. Oh, that's fun. Grubhub is so good, even though sometimes it makes you feel gross after, like the food we had last night. It was good going down, but then it made you feel gross after because it wasn't really supplying my need. It wasn't really feeling my need. And we've trained ourselves, I'm just going to say it, to think we can live without living water. Jesus is the living water, and we've trained ourselves to think we can do it without him. We give him a high five on Sunday. But we've trained ourselves come Monday, we have our own well and we are self-sufficient. And you may last a little bit, but that bucket's going to get heavy as you try to crank it down for more water. God says that I've got a joy that is meant to remain in you. And my supply, says the Lord, is from the Father. Happiness comes from the supply that is not your own. If you want to solve the happiness problem, you got to remember where your, your supply comes from. And the vine is not mine. Say to yourself, the vine is not mine. In order to be refreshed, we have to dwell in him. When he says abide, that means stay. Like check in. 
Like, you know, when you check in on your hotel, when you first get to your trip down at the beach or wherever you go, maybe you go to the lake or something, you, you check in and then you are dwelling in that place. But then you check out five or six days later when your time's up because your, your supply has run dry, your, your, your reservation has run dry. But God says, I got a reservation. And if you check in, you don't ever have to check out. You have to abide, though. You have to move on in. You got to live here. You have to dwell here and you will bear much fruit and you'll be full of joy. That's how the extension of Christ, the arms and feet, the body of Christ thrives is because of the vine. You cut off the church's vine, there's no church because Christ is the supply. He's not our buddy. He's our father. Look to your neighbor and tell him, who's your daddy? Jesus is. Jesus is. I love that God's my friend. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend, but he's more than that. He's my father. He's my savior. He's, he's, he's my reprimander. He takes care of me. He chastens me. He corrects me when I need it. And if I ever think that I don't need his supply, I am going to run dry. Who's your daddy? Jesus is. The fullness of God dwells in Christ bodily. He was the father in creation, the son in redemption. He says, I will come to you. I will not leave you parentless. I will come to you in regeneration as the Holy Spirit. Says Christ in John, another passage, when he talks about the comforter coming to not leave his children orphaned. I'll tell you something that's really cool about how God created us as humans is when we've acquired enough things, we'll start feeling this weight and we'll finally go, well, what is it? Okay, Christ is the vine. How do I find the supply in the vine in real life? It's in the simple things. It's in the simple things. Like the Barbie that I kicked out of here because she was too noisy when I was preaching just a minute ago. She's actually the simple things in my life that bring the joy. My children, their smiles, don't blink. Their photos look different every time you look at them because they're growing up fast. So don't blink. Those are the things that are fed from the vine. When you have a child, when you find your spouse, when you find true love, like all these things, those things come from the vine, God's vine. Those things come from Jesus. Simple cells. Look to your neighbor, tell them simple cells. You want it to sell? You want people to buy it? You want them to feel it? Keep it simple. It's a kiss principle. We go to the lake. I talk about it all the time, and it brings a lot of balance to our life, especially me. I'm always in front of the computer, so I love to just get outside. Uh, you know, you can talk to Mike, Sebastian. We love to barbecue. Nate, we like to barbecue. We like to cook. We like to do these things, and I like to do it because it gets me outside of the computer screen and the digital world. So we go on the boat, and we got a nice boat. I mean, it's not, it's not the best boat. It's, it's a nice boat brings joy and it's a simple boat it's a tri-tune three tunes it matters handle that rough water if I call it a pontoon I feel like I'm insulting my boat because it can't handle the water it's got 150 horsepower not bad you can pull a skier on it but it's really meant for fishing it's a flat tri-tune and so one day we're out on the water this was a couple months ago or something and you know I always preach it 
but preaching it and doing it, you know, are two different things. And, um, you know, the preacher should really be able to do what he preaches, right? And so, so we're out on the water, and Michelle will remember this in a minute. And, and out in the middle of the channel, like not even a cove, like in the main channel, there's this boat. And it's a, I'm just going to say it, it was a junk boat, okay? It was, it was a garbage boat. I'm surprised that thing could float. That's how bad this boat was. It was all funky colored. It was just, it was just out of my league. I'm like, this ain't, this ain't, this don't hold a candle to Toonie. And, and I don't know what they're doing, but I'm just going past them. I don't want to mess with that boat. And so we're going, we're going a little closer. And I think that they wave their hands. They wave their hands. I'm like, they're saying hi to me. I don't care if they're saying hi to me. I don't have time for them. I'm, I'm dad mode right now. I only have to be, you know, pastor on Sunday and WWJD. What would Jesus do? I don't know. I'm on the water. We don't talk about Jesus on the water. We only talk about WWJD when we're at church, you know, you know, because all those things like the hypocrisy, right? So I'm fighting the flesh and we're in the boat and they're waving. I'm like, why are they waving at me? Oh no, they're stranded. Well, that's not my problem. That's what I'm thinking. That's not, can I be real with y'all? That's not my problem. I mean, there's boats everywhere. Somebody will help them out. And, you know, and then I see there's like a bunch of little kids on the boat. And I'm like, ooh, that, I don't like that. And like, if they're adults, you know, just let them drown, right? But if they're kids, we should probably help them out, you know? So, so there's like two ladies. Am I getting this right? And there's like four children, four, maybe six children. And this, I'm telling you, this boat, like, I, I don't know how it was floating. It was floating by the hand of God because it was just, completely decimated and rust and worn worn out it was like a metal boat and there's probably a hole in the bottom and so so i take a deep breath i said i can't i can't keep going let's just get a little closer and see what they actually need and so to make things worse they say we're out of gas and they have a physical gas tank on the boat floating with them okay it's not like the kind where you pump the side you know like like the normal boats it's like this weird situation that i've never seen before in a boat and it's just a big old tank of gas like like the kind you pump your your lawnmower with just sitting in the boat i'm thinking don't light a match you know and and they're saying they're saying well we we got gas, but we can't get any gas to come out. So they have this system where the gas tank's on the boat, and they, they pump it right there in the motor And when they need gas. So if you run out on the water, you just pump more gas on the spot. I mean, it's your own gas station. How cool, right? Maybe we should get one. So, so I pull up, and I'm like, oh, I don't, want, I don't want my bumpers. And what if my boat bumps theirs, and their boat scratches my boat? Why am I here, God? Jesus says, because that's your mission. So I get a little closer, and I say, Michelle, maybe it's something silly. It's probably something silly. They said they have gas, and it won't come out of the tank. I mean, what? so I look at the tank. I'm, like, doing this, trying not to get too close so we don't bump, because we're in the main channel, okay? It's like, woo It's not, like, flat. It's like main channel water. So I don't want to bump them. And so I look over, and I said, that looks just like my compressor. It's a compression fit um, adapter. Like, it's probably just not on tight. They're like, we just can't get it, get it on there. Like, let me see this. Pull up, turn on my alpha. I get over there and I snap. Gas starts pouring out immediately. Took me two seconds to just push in this pressure fit compressed compressor valve for their compressor hose on this gas tank. And it saved the day. It saved the day. And to me, it was nothing. To them, it was everything. You see, you can look right past something that is meaningless to you and not worth your time, and that is where you will find the greatest joy. Can I tell you that I was happy 
the rest of the day. And before that, I was probably yelling at my kids, Taz and Tazette. So that's what I do. And that little thing brought me more joy than anything else that trip. Because those people were full. And they, they, I said, Michelle, you know what? They're going to remember that probably for a long time, that someone stopped and did that for them. Didn't cost anything except time. Didn't cost anything except pride. Didn't cost anything except ego. It didn't cost anything. All I had to do was give. See, when you give in the simple things, you change lives. So it changed, it changed my week. And it changed their day. And it saved their day. So I'm thankful that God speaks to me. And I pray that God speaks to you in those situations. When you have an opportunity, don't devalue the opportunity because it's not significant enough to you. Because simple sells. My supply, their supply that day came from the vine. We are a vessel. God is the captain. Jesus is the captain driving the boat. Jesus put that boat in the middle of the lake to remind us all that day of his goodness, his love, and his mercy. And I think, I don't know if we had a one seat shirt on also, but we're like, by the way, onesechurch.org, you're hit O'Fallon, Missouri, come check us out. You know, always plugging. There's nothing wrong with that. Simplicity is priceless. Take that down. Simplicity is priceless. You can't put a value on it in the simple things. The things that bring the most joy from God's vine, you can't buy it. You can't buy it. And that's how you lower the serotonin levels. That's how you lower the stress levels is with the simple things. The simple things pull back the balance beam and get rid of the liability that's actually weighing you down because those things are temporary, but the simple things are from an eternal vine in Christ Jesus. If y'all could stand with me this morning, this is how you solve the happiness problem because my supply of joy fuels and fills my happiness jar comes from the vine not of myself but in Jesus Christ he is the true vine and we are the branches and nothing else will do Lord I just want you nothing else will do I just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want Cody Carnes a good song and I didn't even I didn't even warn her we just we just going that's good I just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want you Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just love that. It's, it's, guess what? You know why that song works? Because it's simple. Go check it out. Cody Carnes, Nothing Else Will Do. It's a simple song, and that's why God moves through it. Happiness comes from the Lord, and God meant to dwell in you. So if you want to be full, you got to tap into the vine and abide in his, abide in his supply. God, we are thankful right now. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We are grateful that we get to express 
our admiration for you through worship, God. That without worship, we couldn't let it out. And we are free to worship you, God. That is what it's about. That if I can express in worship, I can receive the vine. I can receive the joy. Because I got to open up to let it in. And until I open up, it can't come flooding in the floodgates. And then it can come pouring out of me all through my days. God, we pray that we don't overcomplicate our lives in you, God, that we remember the simple cells, simple works, and that our supply is not of ourselves, but is from the true vine, you, Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth. God, help us go through this week and be a light, an extension of who you are, and feed that living water to those on the water, stranded, looking for some more fuel, looking for some more substance to sustain them. And they say, man, that touched me. That was free. And that touched me what they did. And God, I want to remember forever what they did because that touched me. And now I have to give that to somebody else. And when I give, I'll receive more. As I've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me, says the king and if we give all the honor and all the praise to you right now god we give thanks and if the house of god could say in jesus name amen